Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix, a master plan for Black group economics with wealth creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr. Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within Black communities. In this seminal work, Dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book, it's a movement, a call to action create lasting wealth, and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear. Drive a significant shift toward Black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the Black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix, today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. Listen to Paul's Impact, Houston's first radio show dedicated to people living with HIV, their friends and family, every Monday from 7.30 to 9.30 Central Standard Time on Real Talk 100 Radio. You can also find us on all social media under Paul's Impact. That's P-O-Z-I-M-P-A-C-T. And if you happen to miss our show... Follow and subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can catch the latest episodes of Pause Impact. Hey everybody, guess what? I'm disrupting the network marketing or also known as the multi-level marketing industry as well. ATS Network. It is the brand newest multi-level marketing company that's getting so much media attention and breaking records all over the world. Why? 
I'll give you six reasons why. For one, it's free to join. That's right. If you want to make money with us, you don't have to pay a dime to join us. Number two, there's no auto ship. That means there's nothing that I'm charging you. And there's also no customer volume requirement. That means you don't have to order $199 worth of a product to get this, whatever, right? If you want all your residual income, it costs you nothing per month whether it be auto ship or customer volume requirements for you to get in here. Number three, you don't have to pay monthly for your website. That's right. No $24.95 a month or all this stuff like that. Number four, there's no obligation or any incentive for you to recruit anyone. Now, I probably should have led with that. Let me say that again. I have the only network marketing company in the world in which you don't have to go out and get three to get three, get three, get three, and all that stuff like that. No recruitment whatsoever. Your mom, your grandmother, or the lady next door can do this. Number five, you never have to get promoted or recruit anyone to the to get the highest level of residual income. Since I don't have distributors and since I don't require you to recruit anyone, guess what? The moment you come in, you can get top level residual income. And finally, you only have to be an active customer to make money with the company. Check out the show notes, probably the first link, Antonio T. Smith Jr. If you want to be one of the 100,000 millionaires that I want to create, this is where you should be, ATS Network. Link is in the show notes. Love you. You can plant better. You can dominate. Welcome to the Secret to Success Podcast. My entire goal with this podcast is to give you value. That is it. I am not interested in you buying from me. If you want to, you can, but that is not the goal here. If you, I do want you to go to the show notes for people that I interview because I do want you to buy from them or at least follow them. But I'm telling you, I am on a mission to create 100,000 millionaires. This podcast is part of that. Do yourself a favor and get everything that you deserve. Period. Point blank. I want you to get that in this podcast, whether it be keynotes for me or interviews, millionaires, billionaires, it doesn't matter because we can't teach you anything you don't already know. You just forgot because the world made you forget. I love you. You got this. You're going to get this. This is your moment. This is you. Take notes. Listen to me on your commute. I don't care what you do. But this is yours. I do this for you. Like, if you're on a different platform, share it. Subscribe to it. Share this because there's not many people out here doing this here. Got this. And we have a guy here named Kurt. Mercandante, I really like the way he says his name because he says his way name like the way it's supposed to be spelt, right? And supposed to be sounded. But anyway, don't don't let me get on my nerd stuff. Y'all know how I am. The only thing wrong with Curtis's beard looks better than mine. I'm jealous. I have coveted his my neighbor's beard. I am going straight to hell. His beard is better than mine. But other than that, I'm going to introduce this man briefly a crappy introduction and then i'm going to let him give you an even better introduction than what i am about to give you kurt not only is a fantastic businessman that wears one hell of a good looking suit not only does he have a fantastic beard he's a branding professional he's an author 
He's, I think he went to the University of Notre Dame. I might be wrong about that. I remember saying something like that. He's fantastic. He has a media team that reaches out to far, far powerful people like me, and he's just an all-around good guy that teaches people how to have freedom and finances and personal brands. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to Kurt Mercandante. Did I forget anything, man? I know I forgot a lot. No, man. No, no. Very, very flattering, and and thanks for having me on. First and foremost, I appreciate it. I appreciate the ability to to spend time with you and your audience. I will say that I wish I had gone to Notre Dame. My dad went to the University of Notre Dame. Ah, I have been a huge fan, although at this point – I don't know if I want them to win or lose because I want Brian Kelly fired, but that's that's an entirely different story at this point. That's but fair. Uh, fair. yeah, my bro, my dad, my brother, my cousin, I went to Notre Dame. I went to the University of Iowa. So <laughs> ah, there you go. There you go. So you are a yeah. college graduate. You like long yeah. walks on the beach. Nah, I'm just <laughs> <right>. <laughs> so cool. Well, brother, let's. I got a lot of questions to ask you. I'm not sure how long this episode is going to go, but sure. it's definitely going to be over 30 minutes. I can promise you that because I got way too many questions to ask you. Let's start off first. I typically don't start off with the typical tell me about your book because that's boring as hell. But in your case, your book is extremely intriguing, and I really find that attractive to our audience. So won't you tell us about the five pillars of the freedom lifestyle? That that's fantastic. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I thank you. You know, I have a t-shirt that I wear and I, I, I hosted uh, a couple days ago, the first ever freedom club festival. We had a packed house of people. We had speakers from around the globe and I wear a shirt and the shirt says, it's got a very simple question on it. What does the word freedom mean to you? And it's a very simple question, yet I ask so many people that question, they can't answer it. There's a lot of people who can't answer that question. There's a lot of people who can answer that question, but the problem is they can't even fathom the fact that they could live a life of freedom instead of being confined to a life of default. And I was there for years. I've built three profitable businesses, all six figures in year one. I had a seven-figure public relations and ad agency, was making great money, traveling around the world, beautiful wife. I have four kids, nice house. I have the cars. I grew to hate my PR and ad agency. I mean, I had anxiety attacks. I was making money. And I was doing what I was supposed to do, right, what everyone tells you you're supposed to do. It's not about happiness. It's not about fulfillment. It's about taking care of your family. It's about paying your bills, about paying your mortgage, paying your health insurance, whatever it is, making seven figures. I was miserable and I felt guilty about it for years, which kept me from from making a change. And, you know, my father passed away in 2012. He was my hero. He worked on the space program, designed fighter jets, has a patent, designed all the switches on the Boeing 777. When he passed away, all that, those incredible things he did in his career, all the money he made, not a one person at his wake and his funeral mentioned his business, mentioned his career. Wow. It was all about husband, father, volunteer, the things he did for the church and in the community. And I sat there and my hero had left the example for me. And here I was not living up to it. I wasn't being the best dad I could be. I wasn't being the best husband I could be. I was 40 pounds heavier than I was now. I was on prescription drugs. I wasn't doing well. And I decided to make a change. But you know what happens? You feel guilty. You get scared. You're making great money. 
And so I didn't make a change. I got stuck in what I call a comfort zone of misery, right? You're making the seven figure. Who cares how happy yeah. you are? Who cares how fulfilled you are? And so that went on for years. Till several years ago, I woke up one morning. It was Thanksgiving week. I was supposed to have the week off. All my clients knew it. All the people who on my team knew it. Knew it. Didn't stop the calls, the emails from flooding in. Hop on this call. Get us this report. All this, all that. I woke up that Tuesday morning and I said, I'm done. And someone said, why didn't you sell it? I said, because I didn't put together the plan to sell it, but I knew I was done. And I went to my wife and I said, I was, I was scared to go to my wife. I mean, my wife's awesome. But I said, you know, I'm shutting it down. That's it. I'm done right now. And she looked at me and she said, it's about time. And I shut it down overnight, seven figures overnight. I had been coaching people as a side hustle. And every time I coached people, I, do, I, I felt like I was doing what I was put on this earth to do. So I jumped in full steam for several years now. I'm coaching, speaking, training audiences, putting on my own events, packed house events across the globe. And I'm loving it. I'm fulfilled. And my journey was the catalyst for the book, but the book isn't all about me. The first half of the book is about people who had made that journey as well and people who are helping others make the journey. And then the second half of the book is the process because it does, it's not just getting pumped up. It's not just willpower. It's not just motivation. You have to have that process. It's that daily discipline to work your outcomes every single day to get where you want to go. And that's why I put together the book. Mm, mm, mm. You gave me 20 things to talk about, but that'll make the podcast <laughs> 16 weeks, right? We'll be here for a whole 16 week semester if I ask, ask all 20. So I try to pick one of the real ones. So let's let's jump up here in levels of awareness because you, you started off in a high level of awareness, and I think some of our audience needs to hear it again. You got everything. You're not happy, but, you know, we've heard that story before. But then you have the fortitude to give up everything to chase happiness. you got to talk about that, brother. Yeah, you know, it, it, it wasn't very courageous because I let it go to the end until I had to, you know, jump off the Titanic without a life preserver, <laughs> which, is, which is one of the reasons I do what I do to help people build that runway. I should have built that runway. You know what keeps you from building that runway? Fear. Fear mm. of change. I mean, transformational change means literally you have to become someone else. Actually, yeah. and by becoming someone else, often we're, you're becoming your true self, you know, because for you, everyone yeah, turns, yeah. turns around the term authenticity, but often we're living up to external expectations, other people's expectations, yeah. what mom and dad said, what your teacher said, what your boss said, that you should be. And, you know, there's two types of mindsets. There's an abundance mindset and there's a scarcity mindset. And whether or not you have one of those mindsets has zero to do with how much you have in the bank account at this moment in yep. time. Thanks. I had a bunch of money and I had a scarcity mindset. You know, my wife and I, we were engaged in Vegas at the fake Grand Canal at the Venetian Hotel, right? <laughs> and we're like, you know what? Next year we're going to the real Grand Canal in Venice. And, you know, at the time we got engaged, I didn't have a lot of money, but we didn't go because we didn't have enough money. We got to save it up. And then I kept making money. Then I'm making a half million. Then I'm making a million. Then I'm making a million point five. And we still wouldn't go because it was still about putting that next 10, 20, 30, 40,000 in the bank. And we can't spend it. And it was all about saving money. It was all about waiting instead of living. I shut down my agency, right? All that revenue goes out the window. And what do we do? Five and a half weeks in Europe because we realized 
life is for living instead of waiting. And we finally decided we were going to start living. And that abundance mindset, you know what it does? It realizes that we are energy and what you put out to the universe comes back to you. And when you have that abundance mindset, you're not tense. You're not stressed. When you speak in front of audiences, when you speak to someone you're selling to, when you speak to a buyer, when you speak to the universe, it knows that you are ready to be a money magnet. And again, I don't want you to think it's all about money, but prosperity comes to you in the form of fulfillment, happiness, and yes, money, when you allow it, when you're receptive for that to happen. And for so long, I wasn't receptive to that to happen. And yes, I was making money and I was grinding, but I wasn't flowing through life. And so that abundance mindset, listen, I didn't have an abundance mindset as soon as I quit. because I quit because I was backed into a corner, right? It took me several months to finally get that abundance mindset and realize, man, I'm going to build a billion dollar company. You know, I'm not there yet, wow. but I'm going to build a billion dollar company. And I have the date, April 29th, my birthday, 2030. Mark my words. We'll call, you have me back in 10 years, and I'll talk to you about how I built a billion dollars. I sure will. I sure will. <laughs> Just so I can say, told you so, right? I sure will. <laughs> like, that would feed my ego very well. I will absolutely have you back. <laughs> Definitely. All right. So one more thing here, and this is just me asking you listening. You built an abundance mindset in a couple of months. That, now, that's encouraging. Kurt, I got to tell you, it took me – 26 years to realize I even had a poverty mindset. Okay, that's mm-hmm. number one. And then I had to read 167 self-help books from 2008 to somewhere around the end of 2009. And the way I read them is this is this is 2008, so I went to Kaza.com. K a z a a dot com, Kaza, the the website to give you viruses all over your computer for people downloading porn and stuff. And I had an MP3 player, sports MP3 player on my my left arm, and I literally start reading books because just like you, Hurricane Ike come through, gals in Texas, I lose everything, and now I'm a loser trying to figure out all right, what the heck I want to do. And it took 167 self-help books, not for me to change, Kurt. Don't give me that much credit. Just for me to be open-minded. Right. How would you explain the difference between – well, actually, you know what? Let me ask you this question. Does it even matter that it took you a couple of months and it took me 26 years? Does it even matter? Well, I I would say it took me a couple of months from when I quit my job, but – you know, really, it took me 40 years, right? Because it, <laughs> it, it, I, you know, it, I would read a lot of self-help books, personal development books when I had my agency. And I did some things like four-hour work week by, by Tim Ferriss. You know, I did some things to create time. I mean, five years into my uh, company, I was miserable. I was overwhelmed. And I fired half my clients, raised my prices, and hired a team, you know, and, and started outsourcing things and everything. That gave me time freedom, but it didn't give me freedom in terms of the fulfillment that I wanted, that I was yeah. doing what I what, you know, wanted to do. For all those years, I would read those personal development books, and I would say, oh, yeah, I'd nod my head, and I'd say, I wish I could do that. I hope I could do that. And when I opened the Freedom Club Festival this past Friday, and I said, listen, I'm going to say a lot of things. You're going to read my book, and you're going to say, I wish I could do that. I hope I could do that. You're going to listen to Brandon Steiner, who was there, who turned $4,000 into a $40 million sports marketing company. You had all these speakers. And I said, I challenge you today, if you keep looking at them and you say, I wish I could, I hope I could, I want you to take the words wish and hope, burn them, 
flush them down the toilet, throw out the window, and replace it with I am. And the reason it took two months after I shut down my agency was because I was sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I had nothing else. I had no other choice. And, you know, it's interesting. It's, it's the people want to live in the past. People want to look at the past. People want to look at past trauma, things that have happened to them. Listen, I don't care who you are, where you come from, your race, your gender, your creed. Stuff has happened to everyone. Mm -hmm. Some worse, some others. A guy, he wrote a, a great book called Gifted of Adversity. He spoke at the Freedom Club Festival. He had me crying mm -hmm. with his speech. Named Marcus Aurelius Anderson, age 37, he gets an age waiver to go fight in the U.S. Army, breaks his back while training to deploy, dies twice on the oper operating table, is paralyzed for an entire year, comes out of it with a mental and physical recovery, seeing his adversity as a gift. Now he is a mindset coach helping others to do the same. He told me, adversity is not a competition. But you would never know that if you look at Facebook and you listen to this and you look at, listen to that, you know, it's a victim mentality. And a lot of people would hate me for saying that. But mm -hmm. here's the deal. If you marinate in your victimhood, right, you know, what's interesting. <laughs> and I'm going to say this and and people may get mad at me. And, and so what? Because that's who I am. The yep. only one, the only people who ever lecture me on the word privilege and my word, my privilege are usually spoiled middle-class people, right? <laughs> That's about right. Who grew, up with, who grew up with privilege. And I said, they say, you know, you could at least acknowledge your privilege. I said, I'll acknowledge it. You acknowledge yours. And you know how I know you're privileged? Because you're reading my LinkedIn post on a smartphone that 98% of the world can't afford. I think I read a, in Africa, every time someone buys a smartphone, it raises the GDP of, like, of certain African countries, like $3,000. That shows you how valuable it is. And so... People want to live in the past. People want to talk about what happened five years ago, one year ago, and the world just doesn't care. It doesn't care at all. And in many cases, that privilege can be your greatest drawback. Do you know that there's a, suicide levels are rising in the United mm. States, despite our wealth, despite our prosperity in the United States? And we do. Poverty has dropped precipitously oh. over 50 years. Violence, you would never know this given the news. Violence has dropped precipitously in the world over the last 50 years, right? The environment has actually gotten better. You would never know those things. You would think the world is getting worse, and it's the worst time ever. But the data doesn't lie. And, uh, you know, people, people regularly come to me and say the world is getting worse. The world's, you know, all, all these things. The world, the world just doesn't care, you know? And unless you are going to pick it up, Make stuff happen. Your lot in life right now is the sum, the sum of all the decisions you've made in your entire life. And the, the, that, listen, if you're in a lot in life right now where your bank account is low, where you haven't built a business, where you're not doing what you wanted to do, where your relationship sucks, you know, your health sucks, whatever it is, here's the good news. The life you live tomorrow, the life you live next week, the life you live in 5, 10 years, 25 years, whatever it is, will be the sum of the decisions you start making right now. I mean, right here as we tape this, it's 5.21 p.m. here on the East Coast. Between now and the time you go to bed at 10 tonight, you're going to make hundreds of decisions. You have the opportunity to start over, to start and make today day one. The more you keep living in the past and the things that happened five years, two years, whatever your parents did to you, whatever your teachers did to you, whatever happened to you, that determined 
up till today. Hmm. It doesn't have to determine what happens between now and tonight or tomorrow or five years or ten years. So, yeah. sorry, you got me going on my soapbox. Oh, no, that's the plan, man. I'm going to get you going again. I'm about to throw you a zinger real quick. <laughs> yeah, no, that is, <laughs> that's fantastic. I love how you, and I'm just recapping for the audience taking notes, and we, we, we compete over our pain stories. That's not the way you say it, but I'm just saying it in a different way. No, no, we and, do. And you're, you're absolutely right. I want to deal with this, the world doesn't care. And I really think that if I had some pom-poms, this is where I would be cheering them for you right now because I'm 100% in agreement with you here. And I'm going to go so far even to say, let, let's both attack. Now, you certainly ain't going to tell me about privilege. I mean, I grew up homeless from 6 right. to 18. I ain't never had nothing. Now, I always say the market doesn't care. And you're saying the world doesn't care. We're actually saying the same things as I was actively listening to you, because if you're excellent, you will be rewarded. Can you break that down? Because that's really what you were, at least that's one of the main points that you were making, that no matter if you're wrong side of the tracks, right side of the tracks, you know, oppressed or not, if you're excellent, you will be rewarded. Can you break some, something down there, put some disagree, agree, or anything you want to do? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you said it. You were homeless, right? Now, if you came yep. up to me right now complaining about being homeless, maybe I'll give you ten bucks, right? Mm -hmm. But if you yeah. if you don't tell me you're homeless and you you provide me value in the form of a product or service that is going to benefit me in my life, then I'm going to provide you value in the form of money. Dr. Paul Jenkins, he's a positive psychologist. I had him on my podcast. He said, you know what money is? It's a receipt for value that you receive. That's right. So it's a value for value exchange. People with a scarcity mindset, they're not good at sales. You know why? They think sales is about begging. They're not good at pricing their product. They don't trust in their product. And so if you provide a valuable product or service, a truly valuable product or service, not just you yep. throw something out there and they don't like it and then you want. My kids love Shark Tank, right? I have four kids and they love Shark Tank. And I can't tell you how many times someone comes on there with an absolutely horrible pitch a product that no one's going to use, and they blame the sharks for, <laughs> you know, talking mean to them because they work so hard. And in the end, it's it, who cares? You don't get points for working hard. You get points providing value to the world. That's what the world cares about. And when we say the world doesn't care, it's not that individuals don't care. It's that the world doesn't care. I mean, here in the United States, we take care of humans and our fellow individuals more than any country in the history of the world. So individuals care. But in the end, would you rather have someone give you a, 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 a you know, $150 loan or would you rather provide value to other people and make a million dollars? I would take That's the latter. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, buddy. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> to the point now, I don't even need loans. I just throw a product out to my audience and loan money comes back, right? That's that's incredible. No, man. All right. All right. So we got to move on from here because me and you are connecting and we will stay here for quite some time. Right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. No, man. I, I love everything you're saying. And I've got two immediate things that come to mind. I'm going to ask it first. Why do successful people act like me and you? Why, why don't we give a damn? Why, why do we not care what people think? But at the same time, we're somehow empathetic. Why are we such walking 
contradictions here, right? What makes us not care so much, right? Like you say, the privilege of people throw stones at you. You're like, oh, well, I'm built for stones. But at the same time, in a one-on-one conversation, you would pat that person on the back and encourage them and coach them. Why, why are we like this way? You know what? I hate to say it, but it goes back on my podcast. I've had, you know, there's the outbound sales conference. I mean, it is the big daddy sales conference for the globe Mm -hmm. and it's the sales gurus. And I've interviewed every one of the outbound sales hosts on my podcast this year. And it's interesting. We talk about sales. We talk about tactical things. We talk about Mm -hmm. strategic things to a person, every single person. First of all, a lot of people have bad idea what sales is, right? They think of that that shady car salesman, whatever, right? Each and every one of these people lead with integrity, with ethics, Mm -hmm. with discussion about that. But each and every one of them talks about an abundance mindset versus scarcity mindset. Each and every one of them has a good relationship with money. None of, they're not really, I mean, Victor Antonio grew up in a rough neighborhood in Chicago. And he's talking about the power. How, oh, he's awesome, incredible uh, yeah. fellow yeah. Chicagoan like me. And and he he um he talks about prosperity and the fact that profit is good. And in today's day and age, if you listen to everything, I had to. to I got all fired up because my daughter in her church Sunday school, they had a book that was talking about individualism being bad. There was something else about profit oh. not being good. And I thought to wow. myself, we were in we were in Italy in May, and we're Catholic. We went to a church there, and it was very striking because here when you go to church and people do collections, right, it's like people give paper money. So, you know, rarely do you see someone throw a dollar in, but usually it's $5, $10, and and then people give envelopes with checks, right? So Mm -hmm. good money. You go over there. There wasn't a person who had paper money they were putting in the collection basket. It was all like little one, two euro coins. And I said, well, isn't that interesting? Because right now, and listen, I'm Catholic, lifelong Catholic. I went to Catholic school for most of my life. You have a church hierarchy and many in the Catholic church who are talking about the evils mm-hmm. of capitalism, the evils of profit, and how money is bad. Yet, if it was left to countries that do not have that system, like Italy, mm-hmm. the church would cease to exist because – the United States is prosperous and wealthy, and again, we take care of our individuals and our fellow human beings better than anywhere else on earth. You would never know mm-hmm. it. It comes down to wealth and prosperity. Of it does. And yeah. when you realize that, you start to realize and you start to look at the data that this world is an incredible place right now. And people want, you know, I listened to, um, do you know who Robert Kiyosaki is, Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Oh. Oh, man, that was my first internet mentor. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was listening to an interview with him actually today on the way to work out, my workout. And he was talking about the fact that the truth about money and the truth about prosperity is not taught in the schools. Now, he gets into it about, you know, there's only two certain things. And you think about the financial system and people are like, oh, ETFs and investments and all this. He said, that's that's not that's not the basics of the financial system. He said the basics of the financial system are debt and taxes. And so that all the people who tell you, well, you just got to work hard and save money, he said they're wrong. He said they're not lying. They just don't know any better because all of that doesn't matter because the government can just print money. And so what he, what he said though was interesting, which is why I bring this up, was he said – Teachers don't teach it because they don't know it, and the schools don't mm-hmm. teach it because he said the best way for the system to keep people down 
and keep a class of people who just work for other people is not to give, tell them the truth about money. And so you have them believe that the only way and the, 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 the only way you can get to success is study hard, career ready, college ready, go to college, get a degree and be a robot and work for someone else for the rest of your life. But, uh, you know, uh, I don't know how my parents paid for my, my dad insisted. My dad grew up poor and his dad saved money as a trolley driver in New York city, put my dad through college. My dad believed that, you know, you know, you should never, uh, that he, that that's what he had to do, you know, because his father did it for him. And again, this was 30 years ago, right? So it was a little different. Um, you know, the, the, the cost has skyrocketed, but I told my mom, I said it was a waste of money. I didn't get anything out of college. Everything I did, I built on my own. I was a political science major. Yeah, I worked in politics, but no one who worked in politics had a political science major, you know, everything I built had nothing to do with college, nothing to do with school. And, and we now have a financial bubble around student loan crisis that is going to oh, yeah. uh, make the housing crisis look like a walk in the park. Man, candy, <laughs> candy corn. It's going to be yep. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, man. No, it's going to be terrible. I, I have something that I say. You keep – in fact, let's just go higher, man. How about that? Let's yeah. just go higher. Let's save as many as we can. Abundance is meant to be shared. Now, while that comes out of my mouth poetically, I don't mean it poetically. It just comes out of my mouth poetically. But abundance is meant to be shared. I give away everything from the value on my podcast, on my content, on my page. And people are like, oh, my God, don't do that. But the more I give away, the richer I get. And that's just just the way it is because if I teach Kurt everything that I know, and Kurt knows everything that he knows, then Kurt becomes twice as smart as me and makes the world a better place. And no matter what, my sales, my everything that I do is is, is around this. For instance, I've started a, a network marketing company, right, and got rid of everything that is network marketing. It's totally free to join my network marketing company and there's no auto shipping, no such and such and such and such because abundance is meant to be shared. And what I've done is I took the product of the company and then pushed it back to the field and we give away 50% commissions and 50% residual. Now I'm not saying it's about me. I'm just saying the thought process of this is look at all this money I'm giving away. And the more I keep giving away, is the more it keeps returning back to me. Can you yeah. break down why everyone that you know who is successful, me, you, everyone on your podcast, why we all talk the same, do the same, and keep getting the results, same results that very few people get? Yeah, cause, because, you know, you said it. It's value for value. You know, you're giving away value, and other people are giving you value in exchange for that. And that's the true giving. Right. That's the true giving that makes everyone better. Back in the 1930s, you know, Napoleon Hill wrote Think and Grow Rich. And if you read that book, nothing in that book is like out of date to anything happening today. Never. Yeah. And and he he points, you know, success leaves clues. And if you want to ignore that, you know, and ignore and think rich people just got there out of luck and, you know, you're just going to continue to marinate in whatever, you know, (laughs) you're 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 marinating (laughs) in right now. But when you give to the universe, it can come back. 
and it's giving free court, you know, obviously we put limits on it. Right. And, and it's like, all right, I want to do a 10 week intense training session with you, Kurt. No. And I've had people say you should give it away for free if you want to change the world. And I said, listen, I've tried to give away $1 training courses and people wouldn't buy it Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. often Mm -hmm. it's the work. It's not the money that prevents them from doing it. Uh, I would say 99% of the time people will say it's money, but you don't want to do the work to find the money to invest, right? So you can always bring that back. But back in, you know, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill talks about the mastermind program and the fact that all these successful people had the mastermind of people around them giving to one another. And I know people who are in my same industry who will not talk to others for fear that people are going to steal ideas. That's a scarcity mindset, and those people yeah, get left behind because they confuse competition with self-esteem issues. Mm. You know, oh, I'm just competitive. It's like, no, you're afraid, and you have self-esteem issues, and you're not so confident that you provide such a better service than me that you won't even think about collaborating. And self-esteem issues, yeah. you know, those are all kind of, I guess, subcategories of the scarcity mindset, right? <laughs> Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean my like my mic just so yeah, no man, you're absolutely right. <laughs> you bring up a couple of things. I'm trying to unmute it with you, but you you bring up two immediate things. We got to talk about. It. We got to go back to Napoleon Hill. The wisdom in you is first. Let me just say this to our audience: prosperity has one voice. Everyone of a prosperous mindset is going to speak the same language. Now, it's going to come out, you know, ways that are adjusted to our charisma, personality, and vocabulary, but the voice is still the same. And you brought up Think and Grow Rich, and you mentioned something that I I believe, with, with respect, that most of our audience missed, and that was 1930. <laughs> this is really important to process this information that Napoleon Hill wrote this book in the 30s because the Roaring Twenties happened and then the Great Depression happened in the 30s, right after the Roaring Twenties, right? So he writes this book teaching people massive wealth and how to apply for a job when there is none. You have to address how that is not only timeless information in the book, as you said, but the mere fact that it was successful in the worst possible time ever. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that there's a lot of people today, for political or other reasons, trying to wish us into a recession, right? (laughs) I think it was Bill Maher who said, no, I hope we have a recession just to get rid of Trump. Right. And, and and obviously, I know a lot of people don't like Trump, whatever. I, I tell people tune out because it's all the same side of the coin, whether you're Democrat yeah, or Republican. It's, it's become same the government. same, you know, and, and, and MSNBC, Fox News, it's the same. It's poisoning same. your same. mind. And so, uh, you know, you look back, history repeats itself over yep. and over and yep. over again. Same. And no one I don't, I don't want to say no one. So many people don't pay attention when these things happen back in 2007, 2008. The things that were happening during that time were written about. And the things that are happening right now were written about by Ayn Rand in Atlas Shrugged and the Fountainhead back in the 40s and 50s. The same exact things. 
And I, I see people now say, oh, that was such a fantasy land thing, and you're naive if you read it. I said, then you haven't paid attention to the last half century. You haven't paid attention to what's going on right now. It's the same thing. Back in the 30s, it's the same thing that's happening now. Success leaves clues. There are people who get fabulously wealthy when the economy tanks. And it goes back to those people who have been, you know, I, I use the term useful idiot in the realm of doing what they want you to do, which is follow their rules, go to college, work for someone else, just focus on saving money despite inflation, despite the fact that they're printing money, do all that, go to school and be a bot, listen to your teacher. <laughs> By the way, if you don't listen to your teacher, if you can't pass that test, if you can't pass whatever test they want you to test, then we're going to drug you. We're going to tell you you have a disorder. And you're going to carry that stigma for the rest of your life. That's conformity. That breeds apathy. And I think those are the two greatest threats to humanity. And I say this yeah. in speeches, and I get fired up when I say it. And I say, the amount of people who come up to me and excuse their behavior because they say, sorry, I have adult ADHD, and I tell them right then and there, uh, yeah. don't you dare use that anymore. That is your superpower. Someone wanted to get you to – maybe it was the drug companies, right? The drug companies yeah. who just want you to get hooked and keep buying their product rather than making lifestyle choices. But whether you talk about mm. health or whether you talk about wealth, whether you talk about true education, which as Napoleon Hill writes, education isn't just knowledge, and knowledge isn't just power. Having yeah. knowledge, the power comes from using that knowledge which is with a detailed plan to get where you want to go. Uh, yep. I'm butchering the paraphrasing of him, but that's basically it. So whether yeah. it's in the 30s, whether it's in the 50s, whether it's, you know, all these problems that we have and everyone says it's the worst time ever. It's like these happen every 20 years. Yeah. You know, and some people get rich right? and some people keep getting poor. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. you right. Even Jesus said the poor would be with you always, right? And that's, right. That's about right. Yeah. All right. So now I have to – now I'm, I'm going to take us both to a place where we're going to get in trouble. It's the reason why I mentioned Jesus, not to make it religious, but it's a perfect segue into the question that's going to get us both in trouble. It's not a question. I want to make a comment. You <laughs> said it when, when someone said – and I love that they said it, and I'm going, to, I'm going to give them a voice. Well, you should just give it away for free courage if you really want to change the world. They probably didn't say it that way, but that's the way I'm going to do it for entertainment purposes as well on the podcast, right? Yeah. Now, <laughs> I had to learn. Oh my God, we got okay. Don't let your righteousness keep you in poverty. Is what I heard when you were saying. Well, I tried to give it away for a dollar, but they wouldn't take it. Can right. you, without me going into detail and and leading us, and I, I don't want to lead you, but we have the tendency to let our righteousness keep us poor. And somehow we go back and think that's holy. Now, I'm getting us both in trouble here, but it needs to be addressed. What would you say to that, to our audience, soon to be your audience? Yeah, I mean, I mean if, you, if you think that poverty is a virtue, listen, if you're a priest, if you're a Hindu priest, if you're a Catholic priest, if you're a minister and you take a vow of poverty, that's different. Right. Although I will say, listen, I grew up, I was taught by monks, Catholic monks, and I will say that they were able to live for free in a big building thanks to the generosity of the rich people who went to the high right. school. Um, right. You know, I went to, I went to uh, 
uh, Brian Rose is a great podcaster. He's got a podcast and a, a YouTube f- show called London Real. And he had a London Real Summit, and I went out there in London uh, about a month ago. And one of the speakers was a guy named, I don't know if you've ever seen him, he's great, Don Dapani. He's a Hindu priest. And oh, he took a vow of poverty, disappeared for like 10 years, right? I think somewhere. I don't even know where he came out. Now he's married, and he goes around and he shares a number of important messages. But this dude, he's a Hindu priest, and he talks about profit. And he says profit equals impact. And profit's not bad. Wow. Are there people who make profits and do bad things with it? Absolutely. But profit right. in and of itself isn't bad because you help a, help a billion people, you make a billion dollars. I mean, Steve Jobs lived right. in a pretty nondescript home, changed the world. Some people may hate him. You can do that if you want. He changed the world, whether you want to believe it or not. And he made a yep. billion dollars. Um, yeah. There's nothing wrong with what he did. I think mm-hmm. that some people, some people like to excuse behavior in order to make themselves feel better about the fact that they didn't have the willpower and discipline to have better behavior. Does that make sense? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah, you make that your next book, right? <laughs> make yeah, right. the nail on the head with that one, man. Jeez, yeah, that was good. That was good. And I'm interested to think about this because, I mean, you're first off, you're killing this podcast, dude. I can tell you have a podcast, right? Yeah, appreciate you. Man, I'm 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 gonna stick this one more second here. This 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 poverty thing because it had me thinking that we're so focused on demonizing money that we lose sight at the fact that it doesn't really even exist. But you know, and I don't want to go so esoteric here and and lose everybody. But your friend, the podcaster, really nailed it when you said that he said that money is just this tangible form of value. Thank you for giving me value. So I return your value with this money. That is, is the way I say it around here in my office is money is just a form of appreciation. We're we're basically saying, again, prosperity has one voice, right? Basically saying the same thing. I tell my sales team that people are only going to pay the next month because we have a lot of monthly subscriptions around here, is if we give them enough value to make them say thank you. Can you break down for us the power of making people, well, I don't mean making in a bad way, but I'll just say that for simplicity of words, making people say thank you with their money, but here's a caveat, into your community, whatever your mean, Kurtz, our audiences, whatever it is. So making people say thank you with their money into your community. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, it is a customers. A lot of people go into this, is you know, from a branding and sales point of view. And they go and they try to sell talking about their features and their products and their bells and their whistles, right? Steve Jobs, when he came back to Apple after being gone, you know, and doing Pixar thing and next, he came back and said, you know, Apple, we spent a a small fortune or a big fortune on branding, but you would never know it. And the way we're going to bring back the Apple brand isn't going to talk about our bells, our whistles, our features, our megahertz, our gigahertz. We're not, it's not going to be to talk about Microsoft and how good or bad they are. We got to create a vision that is deeper than that. 
And what he was mm-hmm. talking about was making a connection with their community, raising yep. the prices, right, so that the yep. people yep. who wanted – and the vision he created was that people with passion can change the world for the better. And so people yeah. who bought into that vision saw that value, and oh my gosh, this is a, a work of art. This isn't just a computer. Yeah. It's a work of art, and I get great value from it and all this. That's why people pay 3000 for it instead of you know, 1500 mm-hmm. or $1,000 for whatever, you know, a different PC. And he knew that, again, it goes back to value for value. You know, if you provide value and you lead with that value, customers want to know, buyers want to know, job seekers want to know. They don't care about your bells and whistles. If you're going in for a job and you're going to rely on your education, your resume, and your skills, I got news for you. There might be 10 other people with similar resume and skills. What's going to differentiate you is whether or not you can fulfill the outcome that the job seeker, the buyer, the client wants. They want to know what's in it for me. And when you realize that it's value, you're providing them value in exchange for value, it, that, 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 that sentence, what's in it for me, doesn't sound bad. You realize it's a voluntary value-for-value value exchange. But that's where the hard work is, right? Because it's easier to go in the corner, right, and say they're out to get me. Mm-hmm. And people just aren't giving me money and the world is unfair and rich people got there through luck and sit there and do that and pout, right? And feel righteous, like you said, then it is. Because when you realize that it's all about a voluntary value for value exchange, well, then that means you got to do work, right? That means you got to go and provide value to someone. That's hard work. Mm -hmm. And creating that value ain't easy. And so then it becomes easier to not create value, go in the corner, and then demonize everyone else. And I like to say, I don't want to get all political, but right now, both parties, I'm not voting for anyone who's running right now. The reason is this. Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's both parties represent a scarcity mindset, right? And a scarcity mindset is us versus them. It's always us versus them. The world is getting worse. We're going to govern out of fear. And so there you go. You know, on one side... The them is Mexican workers, right? Or the Chinese, right? right? It's us versus them. On the other side, it's rich. It's people with money. And so then you promise certain things. I'm going to build a wall. I'm going to do this. I'm going to punish them with a trade war. That's on one side. On the other side, it's we are going to punish the rich by taxing them a ton of money, which anyone who believes that doesn't understand the tax system. Right. Mm-hmm. And by the way, then we're going to provide you all. It's Robin Hood time with, yep. quote unquote, free college, free everything, which doesn't add yep. up. Uh, literally, it doesn't add up. <laughs> and, and, and figuratively, it doesn't add up because, you know, we've already talked about the education system. And really what they're doing by saying that is we're going to give you free college, to keep you stupid and dumb because we want you to keep mm-hmm. going through that assembly line to create bots. Right. But on the other side, it's this kind of you know, weird form of capitalism, nationalist capitalism, where it's like, yeah, we want you working in the factories and making steel and making whatever. And so Mm -hmm. both sides are scarcity mindset. Nothing is, no one is talking about a true free market. No one is talking about true prosperity. No one Mm -hmm. is talking about truly creating wealth. It's us versus them. And it's, we're going to, we're going to bend the tax system to benefit A or B, Right. And that mindset 
in and it seeps down from the political system because it's what everyone talks about all day on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, on TV and all that. And everyone gets so worked up. And I tell people, listen, if you are more concerned about Trump or Obama or Clinton or Jeffrey Epstein or your college football team or whatever the heck is not actually important and not going to make a direct impact on your life than you are about your lot in life, then your priorities are screwed up and you got to start doing things that actually have an impact on yourself and your family and your community. Get off Facebook. Stop substituting a like and a share for actually getting up. Listen, you want to get involved in politics? Then get involved in politics. Go work. You know, go walk door to door. I've knocked on thousands of doors in my day, way back when, when I was involved in politics. And so people sit on the couch. They're staring at their smartphone. They're staring at the TV. Mm-hmm. They're being told what to think, what to get angry about, and it's usually about yep. blaming someone else. Of course. Versus go do what you and I do, which is get up, yeah. figure out how to provide value to enough people that those people provide value back, and you build something. Because when you have that scarcity mindset, when you sit there and you go in the corner, you blame everyone else, it's not a victimless crime, right? Because, yeah, it hurts you, but it hurts your family, it hurts your community, it hurts the world, and it all starts with you because if the world isn't getting the best that you have to offer, then that's a crime against the world. Man, wow. You know what? That last line was a zinger. (laughs) Man, yeah, yeah, but... Yeah, definitely. Well, listen, I don't have anything else for you. I can ask you questions all day. We might need to get link up. You said North Carolina? Is that where you said you were there? South Carolina. South, South Carolina. Carolina. The good Carolina. Okay. Oh, I'm kidding. The good I'm Carolina. Kidding. There you go. The good one. The good Carolina. I got to head to both of them soon. I'm like, get out there and catch a beer with you or something. This is what I want to do, man. Oh, man, I would love to. Since you are a podcaster yourself, this is what I want to do. I want to shut the heck up, okay? And I want to have let you take over. This is now the Kurt podcast, okay? This is not the secret to success. This is Sir Kurt's podcast. This is what I'm going to do. Because if I ask you anything, it's just going to be icing on the cake that you already put icing on top of the cake, right? So right now we're like in ice in heaven right now. I want yeah. you to take as long as you want. And I'm, I'm serious. Like, I'm not just saying this. You can do whatever you want, education, transformational, informational. That's not a word, but we're going to make it work, right? And you're just going to, like, just go after it. You get to say, promote, teach, whatever you want, and final words are on you. I'm just going to sit back, and I'm, I'm going to be like the people watching Michael Jordan in, the, in practice this last year in the league just dunk all in practice, and we can't even practice right now because I'm watching Jordan. So, Michael Jordan, here you are. Have your way. Podcast is yours. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, so so I had an event, a big event on Friday. And in my opening remarks, I shared this. So we had an intro video to the event. And it played, you know, motivational music. And we had video and photo ex- excerpts of people throughout history, people who had bucked conformity, bucked apathy, said no thank you to the conventional wisdom and made decisions that changed the course of the world. So like Leonardo da Vinci, right? You go up through history. We had Thomas Edison. We had Amelia Earhart. We had Winston Churchill. We had Rosa Parks. We had Martin Luther King Jr. We had Muhammad Ali. Went all the way up. We had Steve Jobs. We had the Hong Kong protesters over in China, right? And when I showed my team that, 
the week before, someone on my team jokingly said, oh, are you comparing yourself to Martin Luther King Jr.? And I got all defensive, of course. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not about me. It's about them. You know, later in the day, I got really upset with myself because the bottom line is you bet you're behind that I'm comparing myself to everyone in that video. You know why? Everyone listening you, everyone and every audience that I speak to, what I tell them is they should absolutely compare themselves to the people in that video. Because the people in that video, your heroes, the people you look up to, they're not superhuman. They weren't born with superhuman abilities. They are men and women, flesh and blood, just like you and I are men and women and flesh and blood. The difference was is that at some point, some, for some people like Rosa Parks, it was one decision. For others, it was a series of decisions. They overcame some fear to make decisions. Those decisions changed the course of history. You know, re recently, Rosa Parks came out. A lot of people said there was this myth that she was just tired and she just didn't want to walk all the way back. And she recently came out and said, yeah, I was tired. I was sick and tired of being pushed in the back of the bus. That's why I refused it. That was a decision. And whether you, you know, if you let fear keep you from making a decision, that in and of itself is a decision. And so you have to realize whatever your parents did to you. And there's a lot of therapists, there's a lot of gurus who want you to marinate in what your parents did, who want you to marinate in the trauma in your life. And listen, I have empathy for whatever you have gone through in your life. My family, you know, victims of pedophilia, you know, and molestation, strong heroin addictions, alcohol addictions. I know people who have gone through a lot, but again, adversity is not a competition. And right now, where you are right now, your present day doesn't care about what happened in the past. And if you think that's mean, I'm sorry. An abundance mindset says, yeah, I had stuff happen to me right now, but I'm an autonomous human being and I'm no longer going to be at the control of an invisible puppeteer pulling my strings and the decisions I make right now and next minute and the minute after that, those decisions will add up to where I am 10 years from now. But the first step, you can't plan toward your vision. You have to clearly define that vision in your head. Going back to Napoleon Hill, who we discussed, you have to have it burn in your heart, your soul, and your mind. And every day, get up a little early in the morning where it's quiet and still. Visualize where you want to be by what date so clearly. Repeat it. Visualize. Repeat. Visualize. Repeat. Visualize. Repeat. Make it part of your habit and ritual. Make your future your present so that every single decision you make every day adds up to that vision. And you can Make it happen. Mm, mm, How was that? Mm. Man, I needed an organ behind you, man. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor. Every single thing about Kurt is in the show notes on how you can follow him, his full bio. It's, he's so accomplished, it's long. Do me a favor. I, I humbly ask you to take your love for me. And I know you guys are in uh, so over 70 countries now. I don't even know how many at this point. Do me a favor. Send all your love for me to Kurt. Go buy from him. Check out his book. He's giving away a free chapter. All that good, fantastic stuff. I would most certainly appreciate you do that. As is my custom, Antonio T. Smith, Jr., you can plant better. You can dominate. I have felt so much in life. I've been so evil. I've done everything in life to mess it up. And I have. 
I have completely messed this life up. And then I changed. And then I start applying things that I didn't know, but I always knew. You call it the law of attraction. Or maybe you don't. Or maybe you're religious and maybe you're not. Here is what I know. I know that we all have a karmic debt to pay off. And I have either paid mine off or almost off. And now I dedicate my entire life to you. Please know that as my life is dedicated to you, it means I get beat up a lot. But that's what this is about. It is about people like me putting their gains at risk for you. The crazy thing about life is once we get enough, whatever enough means, if you're a politician, it's enough votes, someone likes money, enough money, whatever enough is, a pastor, enough members, we tend to protect it. This podcast is not about protection, it's about you. I sincerely believe in you. I know you're going to be it. I know you're going to do it. Whatever that is for you. There are no mistakes. I want you to share this podcast, but not for personal gain. I want you to share it because I am giving you my every being. So you can turn around and do the same for others. I give away me. And then you give away you. I lower me so you can stand on my shoulders and then you return the favor and you lower yourself so someone else will stand on your shoulders and then voila. No one is lower than the other because we've all lowered ourselves. Finally, the music in this podcast that you're going to hear, I hope it gets stuck in your head. It's actually from my favorite movie, Cloud Atlas. It's the cover. It's not the original version, but it sounds just like it. Cloud Atlas is a great movie by the Wachowskis. My second favorite movie is The Matrix, but that has nothing to do with this right now. It is about repeating the same mistakes. And so I'm hoping subconsciously that as you repeat the same mistakes, Cloud Atlas is mostly about ascending from those mistakes. So I'm hoping the words, the music, the melody, everything helps you ascend to where you're supposed to be, which is where you've always agreed you wanted to be before you got there. I love you. This is the Secret to Success Law of Attraction. I really, really know that this will be a blessing, a lifesaver to many people. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can't plan better. You can't. When the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world, not making money. The pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire. I came really close. So the pandemic was a blessing. 
It was hiring people. And get this, everybody. I had 48 job positions open during the pandemic. $22 an hour with paid training. And I could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions. Hear me well. 48 job positions, $22 an hour, paid training, and I couldn't find someone, not one person, for those job positions. Now, is it because I hire slowly? True, but it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter, and that's a fact. I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to. But if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not going to free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder that's out there? And that's why you need ZipRecruiter. You need it so you can find the right candidates. Now, it's not that ZipRecruiter helps you find jobs. It's more accurately that ZipRecruiter takes your culture, takes your job, takes what you're looking for, and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate. And if the, if it's, if they can't find a perfect candidate, they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you. ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools, which is the technology itself, to match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates to apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out uh, review and rate candidates four out of five employees uh, have been used by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter it is a blessing and no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, soak up everything I said. It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus. Without ZipRecruiter, it wouldn't have been possible. So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about, well, you go to ziprecruiter.com slash B2B, all spelled the regular way. That's zip, Z-I-P, recruiter, R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R, ziprecruiter.com slash B2B. And I promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ziprecruiter.com slash B2B. It's also in the show notes.